Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian, hey Dad, and Joel T. Coleman Woo. here with you on a Monday morning. We are very glad to be with you here. Appreciate you guys tuning in wherever you're getting podcasts from, be it at supertalk.fm or wherever you're getting podcasts. We appreciate you guys tuning in on this holiday week especially the servicemen and women around the world. Hopefully a lot of you guys are headed home for some R&R for this holiday season, get to be with your uh, your families. Uh, we certainly, what? I was just listening. Oh, you gave me a listening. look like I said something unusual. No, like, did, no. did, did I just disparage our servicemen and women? What did I just do? <laughs> start over, start over. No, no, we're, we're all good. All right. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. So some of you guys were making it to Strange Brew this weekend. We appreciate you guys. Letting us know that you're you're checking out our sponsors. I know that some of our sponsors also checked out college, or some of our listeners checked out College Corner this weekend as well. Hopefully, you're doing that last minute Christmas shopping. Both of those places are great holiday ideas uh, for the coffee lover, for the bulldog, for the rebel, golden eagle, whatever you want at College Corner in your life. So check them out: collegecornerstore.com or sbcoffeehouse.com. I believe is the web address for our friends uh, here in Starkville, and they can take care of you uh, this holiday season. Uh, we're going to talk uh, football in the second half of the show. We talked to Joe Moorhead on Friday. He had, he broke some news on us. Don't you know? Normally it's we're, it's our job to break the news, but Joe Moorhead decided to take that upon himself Friday night. We'll talk about that in just a bit. But all right, Joel, I have been trying really hard here. Yeah, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to be you know jumping the gun. I don't want to I don't want the doom and gloom sign to come out on us today. But I'm going to be hard pressed to defend what happened in Jackson on Sunday. Uh, as Mississippi State falls uh, for the uh, third time this season to New Mexico State in the you know the big return game for Nick Weatherspoon, final score New Mexico State fifty eight Mississippi State fifty two, ugly mm. ugly game. My friend Richard Cross called this game and he texted me at halftime. He was like, "This that was just brutal." There's twenty three twenty one at the half. Yeah, um, an offensive explosion in the second half, I guess, uh, for both teams. State Fall was down by as many as 14 points. Nick Weatherspoon fouls out in his first game back. Joel, this was not a good loss. This not re- team, this not team, really how you draw it up, is it? This team is already was was the 90 in the net rankings. And you may say, oh, it's so early. It's not as early as you think. And when you look around the SEC, there's not as many chances to get great wins mm-hmm. later in the year as you thought there would be when the season started. Yeah. So I'm not not writing anybody off yet but that's a that's not a good loss that's the kind of loss these these last two losses are going to hurt them down the road uh and they you know this time last year i want to say state was in the mid 50s maybe the high 40s for the net you know now you're you're going to be in the hundreds i mean you've got digging to do to get out cuz you're not winning the sec mm-hmm. so you've got to climb 60 spots to feel really good about your tournament chances on on selection sunday that is a that's a that's a hard road to climb. How hard mountain to climb, I guess I should say. It's going to be difficult for this team now, unless they go on a winning streak to do that. Now you sort of hit on something. The conference is down, obviously. Other than Auburn is the only team that's undefeated. Kentucky has three losses. Now one of them was the other day to a top five team, but they have you know losses to unranked teams. Um, so you you say there's not opportunities. To get big wins, but there are opportunities to get wins, and yes. wins in the end of the day should be enough. But they've got to get those wins. Yeah, and 
I know today was the first game back for Nick, so I say what you will. You would think that there's got to be, I don't want to say chemistry issues. He's been practicing with the team. It's not like you just threw a random guy out there on the floor. Um, I'll be interested to see if they improve, uh, kind of get into a little better flow in a couple of games once Nick kind of is back and, and Howland's used to having him back in the rotation stuff. That bears watching. Um, but there's been, look, there's been some concerning signs lately a little bit, and, and I'm as guilty as anyone for kind of overlooking them. The loss to Louisiana Tech, game that you should have won. They beat Radford, but there was a point in time there where I don't know that I've... Yeah, down short, 18 to Sam Houston State. Down 18 to Sam Houston State. So there there have been definite... It's not like State's just been steamrolling through the year. Um, that said, there's been positives too. They came back from 18 to Sam Houston State. They uh, slugged it out with Villanova, a loss that, you know, right after that game, everybody was like, wow, this team... Really, it's a loss. But if ever there was a moral victory, and I know that there's not, but if there was, that was a that would have been one. Yeah. And uh, this team continues to be what it's been under Ben Howland, mm-hmm. and that is a bipolar basketball team. Yeah. You just don't know from one game to the next. You feel like you have a shot in any game, regardless of who the opponent is. To win or lose. Right. Like, there is well, just no game that you go here, into and you're like, State's winning that game. Here's something that bothers me about watching the, these teams through the past few years. Is they have plenty of games like this where they sort of play down to the level of competition. Is there a game where you remember where they played a good team and they just played out of their mind? Like, the closest I can remember is, uh, I guess it would have been Lamar's, was that the second year, maybe, when they played here and he hit a bunch of threes and they, they, they had it really close there in the second half. But they could never pull it out. But there's never a game where they just like, wow, that team, they, they just beat a much better team than them. They played as, as good as they possibly could have played. There's nothing like that stands out. It, yeah. It, we've been saying this about Howland for a few weeks. There's no signature wins for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, hindsight being what it is, you can look back and say Howland beat a Final Four team last year. He did. With Auburn. But, yeah. But at the, in the moment, it, it, well, they were it, down. Didn't, it didn't feel that yeah, way. Yeah, they were down when, when they came to state. Oh. Uh, um, it's just, it's just, it really does feel like more of the same, you know. Like this team, they could end up making a run to the NCAA tournament, but they're not. And this was the fan support thing. There was not a big crowd in Jackson. Now I don't blame them for that. This is the Sunday before Christmas. A and, lot if, of, and if the weather was as terrible in Jackson as it is here, which it was, but on top of that, this is a travel day. You know, most people are going to take off Monday and then go to their families. So I get that, you know. And then there wasn't a big crowd for Ole Miss on uh, on Saturday either. Uh, I, I sort of think the Jackson game has played itself out. A lot, a lot of people just don't want to go to that arena. It's just a bad place to watch basketball. You know, there are other places in the state you could play on the coast, uh, on uh, you know, up on, in South Haven in Tupelo. And you don't have to to deal with that. But regardless, bad place to cover basketball too. I, 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 only one member of the beat went. Garrick Hodge from uh, I'm sorry, Garrett McGee. Who is Garrick Hodge? Hodge? Is it Hodge? You're right. Who is Garrick McGee then? I have no idea. He's a football coach. He was Petrino's offensive coordinator. <laughs> okay. It's the only two people in the world I know named Garrick. I'm sorry that I get mixed up in my head. Anyway, he said that uh, where they had them sitting behind the basket was also where they had the cheerleaders. So he couldn't see anything. He, he went and sat in stands because he couldn't couldn't see. Well, it's even worse now than it used to be then. At least yeah. at least we, you know, as the media used to be actually on the uh, side. What I don't understand is the there, there's two ends of the court. Why couldn't they figure that, go to the other end? You know what? Yeah. wonder if the internet worked. Never does. I don't know. I mean, I, you never know down there. But regardless of that, um, not a good loss for Mississippi State. And then 
to get to lose this game in this fashion with Nick Weatherspoon coming back and he thought you knew he was going to give you a boost. Instead, he fouls out. He doesn't have an assist. He didn't play particularly well. Uh, you know, Hallen sort of chided us a little bit on Friday. I asked him, you know, are you worried about him being emotional and, you know, trying to do too much? And he said, I think it's y'all are making a much bigger deal of it than, than he is. But look at his play today. I don't know if the emotions was the reason for that or if just rustiness and he hasn't played in, you know, an actual since, game. An actual game in almost a calendar year. But he didn't play well. And, nope. you know, I think he'll play better. I don't think that's going to be the, the, the standard for him by any standard, by any uh, stretch of the imagination. But this is just not a, a good game for Mississippi State. Just not a good I mean, they get the lead back at the, in the final minutes, 52 51, and they turn the, the ball over three straight possessions. Nobody, now Nick had fouled out at that point, but there's, no, there's nobody there. To just slow the team down and take you know take care of the ball and get yourself a good look, it, it just never happened in the final two minutes of the game. Yeah, which I guess it kind of leaves everybody, you and I, and the and the fan base just sitting around wondering, you know, is this team that we thought there for a few weeks? I think you and I talked about on the show that uh, th- this team was really good and even maybe even better in last year's version and things that. I don't think you can say that now. Um, the more you add to, whether it's the almost losing to Radford, losing to La Tech a few weeks ago, losing on on Sunday in Jackson, I just there is there continues to be a flatness to Mississippi State men's basketball on the court. You just don't know what you're going to see in the stands. There's nothing to be excited about because they can't really seem to ever get rolling. Just when you think they're going to roll, they don't. Uh, they they hit patches like this. I don't. You could tell me this season ends anywhere at this point, and I'd believe you. Yeah. You could tell me they they they're in the tournament. I'm not shocked. You could tell me they missed the tournament. I'm not shocked. You know, NIT. That. Well, you know, the thing about the NIT right now is, it's not what it used to be. It doesn't. It's not. You know, they just take big name teams. Well, I mean, if your net is going to stay in the hundreds, you're not going to the NIT. So they got to find some wins, and you know they got to do it pretty quickly. Um, now, like I said, they have some opportunities coming up, you know, in the SEC. Plus, they had that mid uh, that January game against Oklahoma, so they got that that out of conference game uh, in the middle of January. So they have some opportunities to to, to turn this around. And I, I wouldn't say it's turning it around might not be the rest the best term because I don't think they've fallen apart or anything. But this loss and Louisiana Tech loss are concerning. You know, you, you that's that's I can't be any fairer than that. You know, those are concerning losses for Mississippi State. They're not playing well as well as they could. They're not playing anywhere near their ceiling. Um, they have moments where they look really good, but even think about the Radford game. You think about well, how great was the front court in that game, right? But Tyson Carter was what one of ten or something from the field. They haven't put a complete game together all year. Their best game of the year might have been the uh, the Villanova game, which was a loss. But even in that game, you know they 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 switch off for a second. They go they give up what a 12, 13 nothing run, and they fall behind, and they're never able to dig out of that hole. That's the other thing that's happened a lot this year. They, they, and it's been happening the past couple of years with how they fall behind, and you know, it seems like six out of ten times they're able to dig out, but there's those four where they can't. Yeah, you know, if they would just play well from the start, they had the same energy from from start to finish. I feel like they would have a few more wins in, in the book, but as it is right now, they do not. Back, I feel like this team should be better. Yeah, I agree. Like I kind of feel like if this team plays to its potential, it's a tournament team, no doubt. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't know for whatever reason, it's like they always have a, they always hit speed bumps and and they're, like they're, I just don't. Yeah. I, 
And then you think about their, you know their next game is at home on the thirtieth at seven p.m. Well, who's going to be at that game? Not I. Not there's not even going to be any media hardly at that game because we're all going to be in Nashville wrapping up our post game coverage of the bowl game. So, you know, Danny P. Smith will be there. He maybe. might. Literally, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not because that's a night game. He's got to put the paper together. <laughs> literally, might be the only one there though. I mean, maybe somebody from twenty four seven. Like Paul's not going to the. Uh, I guess Paul Jones will be there because he do, he won't go to the bowl game because David and Steve will cover that for twenty four seven. But yeah, there, there won't be many. There, there. won't be a whole lot of fans, that, media of anything. So yeah. you know, it started. We're getting to like the deeper issue, which is this crowd sport thing, which I am almost convinced is never going to come all the way back. I don't think MSU is ever going to have packed houses. Now, I I, I I don't know that they can even be a school that for these non-conference games draws a half full hump. I just I just because it's been this long that they haven't been able to do it, and the team doesn't seem to want to be able to give anybody a reason to show up. I mean, if they had just won today, you know, and then they win on the thirtieth, he going to conference play. I think you you know everybody's pretty excited, but now. You and the way they lose, they, they 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 lose to these teams. I get that there's more parity in college basketball. I asked Talent about that on Friday. I get that, but the state's better than New Mexico State. They just are, and so it's just not. It's just tough for a, a fan to justify coming to Starkville when they're, to, especially for these non-conference games, which you think you're going to win. But I mean, imagine making that two-hour drive and you're thinking, I don't know if we're going to win or not. I mean, that, that's, that's tough to it's motivate yourself to do that. So it's just it's just not a good situation right now. They need they need a little bit more consistency. Consistency. They need to reel off three or four wins in a row. You know, getting into remember they started zero and two last year in conference yeah. play. You do that again this year. Th- th- there's just nothing. There's just no reason to. There's no reason for people to come to Starkville at that point. They're just not going to be. Now the women had a nice bounce back week. You know, they they lost a couple. They lose a couple games. Schaefer talking about you know. Got to get this team doing the, the the things off the court right. I don't know what he said to them this week, but they go out to Vegas and were pretty dominant. They look like women's basketball team supposed to look. Yep. Won both games by double digits. Uh, South Florida was, I think, actually had a couple good wins this year, so they, and they handled them pretty easily. Then they beat up Virginia pretty easily. Rakia Jackson averaging 17 points a game out there in this tournament. That's what you want to see if you're Mississippi State. You want her that light to come on because you know her talent level is very, very high. So a good bounce-back week for the women. Uh, they're back in action on the 29th. Again, I don't know. I guess Robbie – well, no, Robbie's coming with a – well, Robbie's covering that game, and yeah. then y'all are leaving after the game. We're leaving yeah. after the game. Y'all are leaving after the game. So I will see you there in Nashville, but we'll not be riding with you. It's a shame we can't get the, the, the trio we get together again. We had such a, a fun trip and not to Omaha, but uh, this is the way it's got to be. We will reunite for dinner. We will. So. Yeah, and breakfast. And the, breakfast. The next day. So And in stadium lunch or something. Who knows? Absolutely. All right. Let's switch gears. Let's talk a little football. Uh, where do you want to start with Joe Moorhead? He had a lot to tell us on uh, on on Friday. I guess the first and foremost thing that, that had already been broken, it was broken on a uh, another radio program. That's all we'll say about that. Over there. Not going to talk about anything else. I'm a dude that likes to give credit where credit's due. What's wrong with that? I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, Garrett Trader is a starting quarterback. Surprised at all? No. No. No, I, I mean he told us the week prior that that uh, Schrader was running with the ones and Stevens with the twos, and at that point he even said that Stevens wasn't fully healthy yet. I think he's kind of backed off that a little bit here lately. And that's, that and was why I was wondering if there was some surprise because I would have thought, you know, 
if he's fully healthy, he might give Stevens the start. And he basically said, too, in his answer on Friday that he thinks Garrett gives them the best chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I think Garrett's the right call, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not he, – he, he did deny that this had anything to do with looking towards the future, but I think that he is the future, and he may be the best quarterback of the two right now anyway. And he is, I think you would agree with this, the better runner of the two. Yeah. In Louisville, just gave up how many yards was it to a quarterback that at Kentucky that lacks a certain skill set? I forget what it is that he can't do. Um, you're not following through here. You're supposed to come through with your line. Lynn Bowden, he cannot. He can't throw the football. Thank you. Oh, there we go. Wait, where it. are you going? I was uh, waiting it, on it. It took me a second. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, State has an opportunity here to really just run the ball against <laughs> Louisville. So I think Garrett gives you the best chance at that. And uh, so I think he's the right call to start the football game. And and I, so health-wise, whatever issues you want to say, I do think Garrett Trader gives State the best chance to win this football game. And so, uh, no, I'm not surprised in the least, personally. Me either. And I, and I like – for me, you know, we've been talking about the past couple of weeks about this whole the the DAC twenty thirteen. I, I want to see if that can happen again. Can you catch lightning in that bottle twice um, and and move forward with him as the face of your program? If he has a bad game, does it leave a people? Does it leave a bad taste in people's mouth? Do people go into twenty twenty wondering is he really going to be that good? No, because I think if he has a bad game and State loses, all the anger will be geared at Moorhead. I agree with that. It won't be. It won't be geared at Schrader. I agree with that 100. percent I think Schrader's kind of the uh, I about said child, and he's not a child, but he, he's kind of like going to get a pass if State loses this game, and and everybody's just going to just the frustration will continue to grow with Joe after he kind of put the stop sign on that a little bit with a pretty good signing class the other day. It will be right back festering again if State loses this game, and all the anger you, you won't see. I don't think many message board posts or social media posts bashing Garrett Schrader. It right. will all be on Joe. I agree with that. Uh, second bit of news he gave us was that uh, Brian Cole, Bay Bay, will not uh, play play in this game. <laughs> uh, he's decided to go ahead and begin preparation for the NFL draft. I think we, I've, I've seen it on some message board. I'm pretty sure he he's already signed with an agent. He, he's he's made his move. He's ready to move forward. Surprised by that? I mean, we've seen a lot of these underclassmen. I don't know. Have we seen a lot of seniors skipping out on their final game? Uh, I mean, it's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Has it? Not, For, like, not, not at state. I don't. don't I'm trying think. to think of one. Did State even have a junior? Has State ever had anyone set out of a bowl game before well, Cam I mean, Dantzler? you got to remember this trend really only started like two or three, two or three years, years ago. So, so Dantzler so like, was the first, Yeah, right? I mean, the first guy who you thought might have done it was going to be Simmons. Simmons and Sweat. Well, Sweat could have. So, well, Sweat was a senior. I know. That's what I'm saying. You, you're asking about yeah, 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 seniors. Or Abram could have, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of I, – I don't know. Like I'm thinking of like the big names that have set out, like McCaffrey and, uh, Fournette. and, and Fournette. They were all juniors. So oh. I don't know. I want to say some seniors have done it. We're probably forgetting somebody obvious, but yeah. But yeah, back to Brian Cole. I'm surprised he's sitting out. To be honest, I mean, I I don't know. If, I mean, he's got a chance to get drafted. I mean, he's got a, a lot of skills. I think he's going to be one of those guys that that measures well and that sort of deal. Um, I, look, I go back to what we've talked about a million times, and I'll continue to beat this deceased horse. 
Um, the guys just have to make a call that's best for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I, these guys face a ton of criticism from some areas. Some fans just don't understand, think that these players owe something or whatever. But if if they believe they have a chance to go to the NFL and make a living doing so, and they think that the best path to that is to take care of themselves and go ahead and start training with you know some elite level folks and and build up to to that I, I don't it's their life you know i i guess i've never been one that's like oh state paid for their scholarship for a couple of years so they owe it to state to play in this bowl game look a student on scholarship or, or something they can quit school at any time yeah i mean so why can't an athlete if he sees an opportunity to go be a professional somewhere i, I just i don't think that necessarily these kids owe it to the school to be like, well, I'm, I've got to play in your bowl game because, you know, you you paid for my school for a couple of years. I mean, I, I saw I know. somebody use the term on a message board, free. they get free tuition. Free? It's free? <laughs> free implies that you don't have to do anything. I just give it to you. Yeah. they, they got to do quite a bit. And in some cases, they put their, their bodies very much on the line. Yeah. So. Any student at Mississippi State University is free to leave Mississippi State University at any time they choose. Yeah. Whether you're an athlete or whether you're a, a, an engineering major that hadn't put, picked up a ball or a club or a bat or anything in your life. So I, I don't know why there's always this angst for, for kids deciding that now's my time where I can better myself by leaving now. I mean, he has just as much right as anybody to make that choice, and I don't understand why there's criticism. And, and I mean, yeah, is it kind of cool that there are some guys that, no, I want to play the last game? That's yeah. your decision. That's your, it's your life, your yeah. decision. And I don't know why anybody could ever really complain about that. But that all that said, I am surprised mm-hmm. that, that Brian Cole made that decision. But yeah, I, I, I don't too. I don't blame him for it. I mean, if if he sees this is his best route to do so, more power to him. Do you the, the thing that gets me with this, and if I and I'm not saying he can't make that decision, but when we've seen this in the past, we've seen it from guys who were surefire high draft choices. Yeah. And I don't have Brian Cole on that list. So, you know, it seems to me like a, a good performance in the bowl game might boost his might stock. Might help him. Whereas, you know, I mean, I guess he can go to the combine and really show out, but that's great. But he he's a guy that, to me, you know the measurables are there, right? He's got good size. He's fast. I want to see more tape of him doing good in football. We also don't know what he's been told. That's true. Um, You know, I know how this works with juniors. Maybe you know how this works with seniors. I know a junior state can apply for – Five guys, I think, right. right, to get their paperwork, see what the scouts or whatever think about them. And those five guys were obviously Cam and Kylan and Marky Spencer and Willie Gay and Errol Thompson. Those were the five juniors. I don't know. Can every senior apply for that? I don't. I don't know how that works. Well, I don't know. You have to. I don't think you have to apply for it. You just as a senior, you sort of get, and you can talk to agents and stuff like that. So anyway, I just. We don't know if he's been told, look, you're a pretty safe bet to get drafted. You know, I don't know what he's been told. Mm-hmm. So, there again, it's tough for me to criticize a decision without having all the information. Yeah. I just know that from what I do know, yes, it is surprising that a guy that from the outside looking in is a fifth to seventh round draft pick. Is that safe area? That's very <laughs> at, safe. At, yeah. at best, uh, it is a little surprising, but. There again, he might he probably has better information. Well, there's no doubt he has better information than you and I. And that's not saying he's you know that his decision will end up being rewarded. I yeah. mean, we've seen plenty of bad decisions at Mississippi State yeah. through the years. But here, here's hoping that it you know hope, hope it works out for him. Yeah, I do too. I mean, that's at the end of the day, people when people talk about oh we should get scholarship money back from these players, blah blah blah. 
you're hopeful these players make it big in the NFL and become millionaires and donate back. Who's going to risk pissing them off? You know, these are, these guys become the face of your program. They become the guys that recruits want to be like. And if a recruit sees Brian Cole and he's like, oh well, you know, I don't like Mississippi State. I wish I hadn't gone there because of what they the way they treated me at the end. That's not a good look. So, anything else from Moorhead you found interesting on Friday? Ah, uh, I've slept since I can't remember what all he said. <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to remember what all did I the Chris Marv stuff yeah yeah, sorry we, we completely whiffed on that yeah Chris Marv is in fact headed to Florida State uh, to be their linebackers coach um, I, did you get the vibe that we're putting I don't want to put words in Joe's mouth so this may not have been the case let me say that three times this might not be the case this might not be the case this might not be the case mm-hmm. but did you get the vibe that maybe there was no love lost for the fact he was leaving kind of the deal. Like It just seemed well, very cold. Like, uh, yeah, he's leaving. Oh, well, we'll be fine. I, I think he wished him well. But, I mean, at the same time, I think that everybody understands it's a business. And, you know, he felt like he got a better offer down there and a little bit, you know. This isn't a stepping stone to no. I'm just trying to remember what all he said. And he did, he like, did say it's it. not a stepping stone. It's, not, it's a destination. And that's fine, but it's not correct. This is a this is a university that can be. A, this depends on what who you are and what you are. Chris Marv is a young man, you know. He's still got a long time in front of him. Uh, so you know the chance. Florida State at the end of the day is a better program than Mississippi State, top to bottom. They got more money. They're in a much easier position. I mean, they got to beat one team. You know, they beat Clemson. They're probably going. They're probably if they're good enough to beat Clemson, they're good enough to win their conference and play in the playoff. Mississippi, Mississippi State has to beat yeah. what f- four teams. So. I mean, it's 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 a it's, it's a better job. It's probably making more money if I had to guess. I don't think. I mean, I would be really surprised to find out somebody left this job because they wanted to make less money. So, but he kind of <laughs> he didn't say it, and uh, <laughs> this that was kind of his uh, way of of say his non mullen way of saying that Marv made a lateral move. It kind of sounded like. A bit. There was a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess is what I'll, I'm trying to say. I'll grant you that. I'll and, definitely grant not, you that. And, and I'm not saying that Joe didn't like Marv or whatever. I just I sensed a little a, a little bass to the voice a little bit maybe as he yeah. as he was talking about that. And maybe I read way too much into that. Yeah. But I don't know. It's kind of funny because you know Marv was sitting next to you and I and Robbie Falk the other day Wednesday at during signing the day. Whole day. Seemed pretty pumped up about. Uh, I know when they got wheat, he was yeah. pretty pumped up about that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. He's pretty pumped up. And then less than 24 hours later, see, he's him. gone. Which that's it's the business. I I'm not hating on Chris Marv. I think Chris Marv's a great guy. Yeah. Because I, I, I it really is weird though. That you you and, see a guy all day on Thursday, and that's the last time you'll ever see him in your life, probably. Yeah. Except on TV. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. So. yeah. Mar- Marv though he, I, I never heard anybody say anything other than positive stuff about yeah, him, and, and he was a very positive guy to talk to. Yeah. Um, he just a family man, and everything else. But anyway, it's a lot of talk on the message boards and on social media about his replacement being. You know, who is it going to be? And the 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 former players, some a lot of former players have thrown out the name of Jamar Cheney, former high school coach, of course, former MSU Bulldog, former Philadelphia Eagle, uh, and uh, a guy you know obviously played here, who's now with uh, Florida as uh, Dan Mullins, I think it's assistant director of player personnel, so an off the field position. But I have to think, you know, there's been some talk. Oh, he's never been a coach in the SEC. I, I have to think a guy who played a n- number of years in the SEC and in the NFL. Can figure out a way to relate the teaching to, to players. I'm, I'll tell you why I'm, I wouldn't be totally against this. Is 
I think every staff needs a former player or somebody connected to the university on it. Somebody who is a true bulldog, rebel, whatever team you're playing for. You know, now LSU doesn't have that guy per se, but don't tell me that Ed Orgeron is not Louisiana. All right. Ole Miss had Matt Luke for years. I don't know if they'll still have a guy like that this year. But you want a guy who knows what it means to be whatever it is you are. Jamar Chaney could be that guy for Joe Moorhead. Because, like, right now, who does he have that is that guy? You know, Tony Hughes is probably the closest one. He didn't go to Mississippi State, but he's been here so long. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be against this. Here's my problem with it. Mm-hmm. Is if Jamar Chaney... And, I, and I, my, my problem with it is your argument for it. Okay. Um, if Jamar Chaney, his exact resume was the exact same as it is now, and he had played at Arkansas, mm-hmm. nobody wants him. You're correct. You're, you're, you're not wrong. The only reason anybody wants him is because he played here. Right. No, no you're, you're not wrong about that And I'm that not saying all. that. I mean, that has its benefits. I understand that. Yeah. I mean, you know the lay of the land. You know what it's like to be a player at Mississippi yeah. State. I mean, there, there are advantages to that. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Is that enough to give a guy his first crack at things? You know? And, and I'm not saying that he couldn't come in and just hit the ground running and be the best linebacker coach in Mississippi State history. At I'm not the end of the day, what are we talking about here? If you recruit talented players, it's going to be good enough. So can he? You're asking yourself, can he be an effective recruiter? I think I tend to think just that a guy who played college football at this school and played in the NFL can relate to recruits. I'll tell you this: I think if he came, he'd be a better recruiter on day one than a quarter of the guys he's on staff with right now. Probably correct. Probably correct. So <laughs> we won't wouldn't get any, take much. Just getting out of the chair might help yeah. in some instances. We we, there. Will, we won't get any information on this obviously until after the bowl game. Uh, you got the names. Who who who's coaching it? Uh, Naeem Wortman okay. is going to be the, and the John linebacker Shalala coach. He, he is assisting is, him. Yes, is going to. Shalala is a quality control coach. Yeah. He, he's going to assist uh, Wortman, who played linebacker for Bob Shoup at Penn State. So uh, Wortman was a GA. I actually believe he was the D line GA. This year, okay. if I remember right. But he, he's going to coach linebackers, and he was a linebacker for Bob Shoup at Penn State. So he should know the def- the, the Bob Shoup yeah. defense as, as well as exactly. anyone. So, so we'll and, and apparently, because when I tweeted that out, over the last couple of days, I've had a bunch of interaction with some Penn State folks that really like Naeem Mortman. So, okay. Well, there so, you go. So uh, he, he apparently got some, some fans up in Happy Valley. And uh, Happy Valley, right? So, yeah, that's correct. Okay. And then, of course, you know, I expected there to be some more changes on the staff, but none of that's going to happen until after December 30th. So if you're one of those people like, why is Joey Jones still on staff? They're not going to fire this guy. The only reason Marv is leaving is he's going to a school where the coach was fired. Yeah. So that, that kind of stuff's going to happen. A coach that's staying isn't going to fire anybody until after the bowl game. And after the bowl game, you have things like the coaches' convention exactly. and all that stuff. Where some First of week of January. Shake and, itself out. And there's no rush because you're not trying to get 12 more recruits signed. Nope. Everybody's signed up. So, see the tickets. All right. Uh, tomorrow's show, so that'll be Christmas Eve. We will – should we do the rumblings then? Should we go a day early? Otherwise, we won't have it. Yes. That's, I've made a command decision. Tomorrow's show will be the rumblings. We will talk anything you want to talk about on Christmas Eve. You want to talk about last-minute gift ideas. Uh, you know, you forgot to thaw out the, tur- the turkey. What should you do? 
Of course, you just want to talk about the Music City Bowl. We've got you covered. And then our Wednesday show will be a uh, a special show where Joel and I will reveal our Thunder and Lightning all-decade teams. Football, men's basketball, baseball. I'm not going to do a women's basketball one because you can just give me the starting lineup from, uh, the last- <laughs> from Victoria Vivian's senior year, and I'll just take that. I'll take my chances with that team against anybody in the country, to be totally honest with you. So, yeah. No women's basketball, but we will do the, the other three big big sports here at Mississippi State on our Wednesday show, and then no podcast on Thursday or Friday. Back with you uh, Monday morning for a preview. Who would have been like women's all? Who could he, who could make an argument for like the first half? Like there's Le- only Alexis one, Rack. No, there's to me there's only know. there's only one option, and that's to put Vivians at the three, take out either Johnson or Schaefer, and put Andrew Howard in at the four. That's it for me. So everybody for you would would definitely be the last three years yes. or so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm, Absolutely. I, I'm just yeah. trying to think: is there anyone from the first half of the decade that we could? No, not her. It? Not Martha Allwall. No, not him. No, Dill- Dillingham. Maybe she's probably Ooh, my, she's tough as nails, man. Probably my sixth woman. To be honest with you, but I mean, I, maybe Dillingham at the two. I don't know, but I, I I want I want I probably want Blair Schaefer out there. To be totally honest. <laughs> We can talk more about this on the. Well, I don't know because if we're not doing, but like, is there any more exciting play in women's basketball this past second than Dillingham taking a charge? I mean, oh, the place great. just explodes. It's great that and and, and Tierra blocks. Yeah, uh, well, I, I mean, Tierra blocks are a little frightening for me. But that, that gets the pop and the hump. You do. You do. You're right. You're right. All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Get your questions in to us on the Rumblings one day early. That's our Christmas gift to you from uh, from Joel and I. So for Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Mississippi Media Production.